often at the start of a year, churches have this thing called Vision Sunday. Have you ever been or come across churches that have Vision Sundays? Mm-hmm. Yeah? And basically the idea behind the Vision Sunday is we come up with some ground plan for what we're going to do and only the activities we're going to do and it's all going to be amazing and then I ask you to give money to fund the vision. Yeah? That's what a Vision Sunday is. It's to envision the church to give towards what the church has decided it's going to do. Hopefully, because the Holy Spirit's told him that's what they're going to do. Um, I'm not going to do that this morning. Because if I've got to sell you a vision of a number of activities, you've missed the point why we're here. We're here for Jesus. This is... this walk of the Christian is all about Jesus. It's about knowing him, it's about encountering him, it's about experiencing his presence, it's about hearing his voice and walking faithfully with him. And so ever since we began as a church, um, and a a lot of you have heard this, that that God gave us a vision before we began the church where, I I won't go into it, but basically there's there's a crowd of people bathed in blue and right at the centre there's a white light and nobody can see anything on the stage or the platform or or anything else apart from this white light and the white light is Jesus. So the vision of our church is Jesus and so if I was doing like a normal vision Sunday I'd be going like so how are we going to fund Jesus? Well obviously you don't fund Jesus, he funds himself. He, He has everything, all the earth is his. So that's not the point, but I want to put that back in our thinking right at the beginning of this year, that Jesus is our message. Jesus is the reason we meet. Jesus is the reason we do what we do. Jesus is the one who is the source of our strength. He's the one who empowers us through the Holy Spirit. He's the one who who asks us to follow him faithfully. He's the one who asks us to go where we go and to do what we do. And it is all about Jesus. And I think it's really important we remember that as individuals in the church this year. And that's why I believe the Holy Spirit asked us to do these 21 days of prayer and fasting, to reset us as individuals back to that focus on Jesus. And and it's best to do that at the start of the year rather than trying to bail yourself out in the middle of the year, yeah? And so we're starting that tomorrow. If if you've got the emails, you you need to go and read them if you haven't already read them because there's loads of information there. There's there's kind of the the theological understanding of why we fast, all all the stuff you need to be aware of when you're deciding what you're going to do. And, and so on. So, and, we, and we're going to follow that through. But the, the point isn't to uh, get God to do something. That's never the point why we fast. We're not fasting in order to achieve something that God wouldn't otherwise want to do. We're not twisting his arm by fasting. That's not what it's about. Fasting is about us getting closer to Jesus. And so what we do is the time that we would have spent on the things that we 
uh, a fasting, we spend that time with Jesus. That, that's, that's the point of it. And, and in so doing, we tune into our spirit rather than just feeding our flesh. Um, because one thing I, I'm absolutely certain of and more convinced than anybody, ever before is the body of Christ in, in our nation seems to run a lot on flesh and a very little on the power of the Holy Spirit. And if anything's going to change in this nation, it needs to be by the power of the Holy Spirit, not by good organisation, management principles and weight of finances. Because put simply, that hasn't worked. And it will not work because if that was God's plan, he wouldn't have sent the Holy Spirit in the first place. So we need to be a people who follow Jesus by the Holy Spirit leading us to him speaking his heart to us, taking of the things that are his and showing them to us and following what he shows us. That's what it means to be a Christian, to follow Jesus. And, and so that's why, why we're doing this. And, and at the end of it, um, I'm believing for some great things in our lives as individuals. And we're going to have a, a worship and testimony meeting on the, the last Sunday of this month, so at the end of the 21 days. So that, that's what that's all about. Now, why is it so important that we do this? Well, as I've said, the vision is Jesus. But the times we live in are unusual. Uh, there's a lot of upheaval in so many different ways, and, it, and, it, and it's continuous. And for what is coming, we will need certain um, attributes in our life and so one of the things that we'll need for what is coming is we will need a greater commitment to Jesus than we've had okay got to understand that we need a great commitment to Jesus than we've had and yeah I get the whole stuff busy life all that sort of stuff you heard me talk about that before I, I understand that I I have done all the busy life myself. We, we've done it all, and we understand how hard it is. But the answer can't be, I don't have time for Jesus. Yeah. That can't be the answer. Because we are followers of Jesus, we're disciples. It's got to be Jesus first. And so, we're going to, for what is coming, I believe, in, the, in this next year, in the next few years, we're going to need a great commitment to Jesus than we've had before. And for where we want to go as a church and as individuals, then we'll need a greater relationship, depth of relationship with Jesus than we've had before. I don't know whether you, you've caught this when I've said it before, but the, the reality is that Jesus didn't save you so that your sins might be forgiven and one day you go to heaven. That wasn't his purpose in saving you. Because a lot of us would quite like to go to heaven and we're not bothered whether Jesus is there or not as long as we get to heaven. Jesus didn't save us to go to a nice place. That's part of what we get, but that's not the point. Jesus saved us so that we might have eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son that all who believe in him might have eternal life. 
And we're going, well, that's great, isn't it? That means I go to the nice place and I live forever. I don't have to do that dying thing again. No, because Jesus, you, you've got to ask, what does it mean to have eternal life? And Jesus said eternal life is this, that you might know the Father and Jesus Christ, whom the Father sent. So the purpose that we are saved is that we might know Jesus and we might know the Father and have relationship with them. The purpose why, why Jesus died on the cross was so that you might know him and he might know you. It wasn't some sort of like bailing out sort of thing. It was, I want you because I love you and I want relationship with you. And I'm prepared to pay the price so that you can really know me. And, and then he sends the Holy Spirit so that we can really know him. Because we need to know him on a spiritual level, not just an informational level. You see, Charles used to, and I'm, I'm probably being a bit nitpicky now, but Charles used this phrase, I know your people of the word. Well, I do, because you come to faith life, and that's what, you know, a large part of what we're about, we teach the word. That's not what it's about. We need to be people of the word, and people who do the word and live by the word. Yeah. And, and so we need to move from that first bit of knowing the word to living by it and doing it. Yeah. That's what I mean by we've got to have a great commitment to Jesus than we've ever had before. Does, does this make sense? Yeah. So that's why we're doing what we're doing. So I want to encourage you, if you haven't already done so, or if you have done so and you still haven't decided what you're going to do, to read that prayer and fasting uh, summary that we sent out by email before Christmas. Uh, yeah, before Christmas. No, before New Year. Have a look at it, decide what you're going to do. I'm going to tell you what I'm going to do. Then you can, you've got an idea. Okay, I'm, I'm going for multiple approaches. I had an approach. Cheryl poo-pooed my approach. <laughs> so I now have a different approach. I was going to live entirely off steak. <laughs> However, we're not now. So we're cutting out, we're cutting out everything, all carbs out of my diet. Okay, so that's going. So I'm having no carbs for 21 days. Zero. Zero carbs. And at great personal cost to myself, I am cutting out from my diet cheesecake, pears, and lettuce. Okay, no lettuce for 21 days. Here's what I'm also doing. I'm also having no alcohol and no social media. So... As part of the prayer and fasting, you'll be getting little videos from me each day. But that's because Jules has put them up. And all I'm going to do is share them to my page without looking. Okay? So I'm, I'm cutting out social media. So do not send me stuff on Messenger. And don't send me little videos saying, watch this. Or this is a great talk. Because I won't. Because I won't even get your message. Okay, so that's what I'm doing. So you, you know what I'm doing now. And hopefully there'll still be some flesh on the bones at the end of it. <laughs> Otherwise, I'll be sneaking in under the table at Ladies Who Lunch, <laughs> putting the hand up and grabbing something with, hopefully with lots of carbs in it. Okay. So the second thing you, you often do at the start of a year is have a word for the year. Okay, the word for 2023. So write this down. This is the word for 2023. Jesus. 
I'll, I'll expand it because I know that you can't, you can't just write Greece. Here it is. 2023, the year of reset back to kick Jesus and commitment to follow him. 2023, the year of reset back to Jesus and commitment to follow him. Okay, so that's it. Talking around vision and, and talking around what we're doing with prayer and fasting. And I've said you're going to get uh, an email from tomorrow morning with my little smiley face on it. Talking to you. They're, they're about six or seven minutes each, something like that. Just, you, you've seen daily videos that we've done before. So it's, but they're all new. They're, they're not like ones we've taken from what we've done before. As a result of being all new, I, I look slightly older than I did on the old ones that we repeat. And, and speaking of looking slightly older, John Bavia looks a lot older these days than he used to when we first did Heart to Blaze. So when we, we started the church, we uh, the first thing we did as a church is that we, we, were, we only had one group and it met in our, our lounge at our house out in Foxton. And we, we did Rock Solid. It wasn't called Rock Solid then, it was called First Steps. And, uh, and so we, we did that. And then at the end of that, we said, okay, we're, we're now a church, what do we do? And so we did this course that John Bavier did at that time. Don't remember, this is 16 years ago. John Bavier did this thing. It had been around a few years at that point called Heart Blaze. And it really set us on fire. It was 13 weeks and it set us on fire. And at the end of it, we had two groups. And so we, we split into two life groups at the end of it. And it was really integral and important to us as start the church. And over the years, but not for a long time, we, we have done Heart Blaze again and we have done Join Near in the past. <coughs> but... Um, Thankfully, John's updated them all and, and made them a lot more accessible than having to have clunky DVDs and workbooks and all that sort of stuff. So it's all, it's all internet-based now. And uh, it's fabulous stuff, fabulous stuff. He, the, we, we, Cheryl and I have been spending quite uh, a lot of time. Well, we've, all, we've always connected to, to John Bavia, but recently we've been spending quite a lot of time just... Uh, because he now runs uh, closed invite pastor Zoom. So we, we've been on those, and he's just been sharing his heart on there. And uh, it, it comes across so clearly that the, the, the purpose of everything is really knowing Jesus. And that's what we want to do. So we're going to do this series. Uh, it's going to be nine weeks, Heart Blaze. We're going to run it in two locations, one in Haverhill on a Thursday, and one in Cambridge on a date to be determined, depending on numbers. So what I, I need to do now is I need to pass a sign-up sheet out because we have to work out whether we need to book somewhere and, and how big that needs to be or whether we can uh, work around that. So, uh, and that's purely for Cambridge. Haverhill, Dennis, uh, will be sorting, but we also need, if you don't normally go to, to Dennis and June's group in Haverhill, but you want to go to Haverhill because it's easier for you to go on a Thursday, or it's easier for you geographically, then we, we need you to sign up anyway. So even if you're going to Dennis and June's group in Haverhill already, you still need to sign up to do the Rock Solid, okay? Rock Solid. Sorry, join the uh, <laughs> face palm. 
<laughs> We're getting good at face palms, aren't we? Yes, face palms. So I'll send this round now, and uh, she's got instructions on the top, which is basically you write your name on, you write your email, and tick where you got it. Does that make sense? Yeah, so I'll start it over here. And that can go around while I'm, I'm talking. So this is this making sense, hopefully. Yeah. Okay, it's a couple of, um, well, two or three more things that I want to cover off. Although this isn't a, a typical Vision Sunday, what I do want to talk about over the next few weeks is our understanding of how God works in our finances, um, our understanding of what it means to give. Um, now, we, we've, we've always been blessed as a church, and uh, we, we've given very generously to Bulgaria and the children in Bulgaria and all the stuff that we've been doing out there with the Ukrainian refugees and so on. But I've really felt it's time to focus um, on where we are and what we need to do in terms of our finances as a church, because I'm sure that's something everybody's thinking about, because... It's on the news all the time, isn't it? We, we, we're all in this cost of living crisis or whatever. I, I just want to tell you that there is no cost of living crisis for a believer. We, we are not part of that. We're not taking part in it. And having been through things like this before, particularly in our early years as Christians, I can tell you that it's true and it works. But we need to understand the basis for that. You see, there is a cost of living crisis if Jesus isn't first. And, and, and so that, that, that's why we need to understand it. So coming up in a couple of weeks' time, I'm going to start talking a little bit about finances. Now, you might go, well, if, you, if you're new to faith life, you, go, you might go, well, church is always talking about money. Well, I want to tell you this. I haven't talked about money in church for a good seven or eight years, and, and probably only twice in the entire history of faith life. So... That's my, I, I'm not trying to manipulate anybody. I'm trying to get us to the place where we're walking faithfully with Jesus because he is all about Jesus and, and we need to align everything in our lives to that. Does, does that make sense? Um, something else I, I, I want to uh, talk about as part of this is um, Over the next few years, so that you, all, you all need to listen to this really seriously, okay? Over the next few years, Cheryl and I and the trustees, elders, want the church to be in a position where it can run and continue without me and Cheryl. It, it's still too focused on us. Yeah. And we want to raise up other people. And eventually, we want the church to uh, continue beyond our ministry so that it, it, it's viable. We don't want it just to stop when we kind of walk in in our Zimmer frame and it, you know, we, we have to be let off at the door. You know, we, that's not the point. The point is to truly have disciple people so that we can hand over and faith life remains the same. As in, 
Faith life was started with a particular purpose, which was this purpose of putting Jesus at the centre and walking by faith in his promises as the promiser. And so it's not, we're not part of a denomination where you just say, Mark and Shelley, you're too old, go and get, you know, we'll just advertise and get somebody in from the college. And they come in and they completely change the church. And half of you leave and half people join and, you know, all those things happen with church. We don't want that. So we want to work that out over the long term. And, and that's been part of our approach with the finances in that we, we want to be able to fund that over those four or five years. Now, why am I telling you this? I'm telling you this because um, it's really important that we, we understand that. That's, that's why we're doing things like TruthQuest, to raise up new speakers and, and people who have developed that gifting in people. That's why we want to strengthen in certain areas. And as part of that strengthening, uh, given financial constraints, what we're going to be looking for is people who have more formal volunteer roles rather than just signing up to a rota. So we're going to be starting to put those uh, in a few weeks, and I'll talk a bit more about it at the time, onto the website so you, people can see that. I'll, I'll tell you what areas we're kind of looking at there. We're looking at kind of a, 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 a somebody to manage the social media so that my fast can become permanent. And, and all the stuff, you know, Instagram and, I don't know, I, 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 perhaps I've looked good on TikTok, I'm not really sure. But all that sort of stuff. And we're looking to, uh, we, we already have Nikki who's, effectively doing that sort of volunteer role uh, around the whole stuff about safeguarding and all these sort of things and we, we'll be putting a couple more out there but I just want so that's the first thing so you understand that TruthQuest is part of that uh, succession volunteer roles are part of that succession assessing our finances is part of that succession but also For pastors, um, almost every church regards it as uh, an essential thing that pastors have time to recharge. So that within all the traditional denominations and a lot of other churches that aren't part of traditional denominations, pastors or vicars or priests or whatever uh, go on a sabbatical, three-month sabbatical every ten years. Okay, now. If you, 10 years for us would have been 2016. If you think back to 2016, that would have been a very bad year to take a sabbatical because we had, a, we had a, a lot of stuff going on. So it didn't happen. And so we, Charlotte and I spoke to the trustees, spoke to the elders, and um, the plan was that we would have our sabbatical um, and we had it all worked out in 2020. <laughs> <laughs> so it didn't happen. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, I'm just sat at home doing nothing. <laughs> Writing all that stuff so I could talk to you on Zoom. It was a joy. <laughs> so, anyway, so we, we, we talked to the trustees and the elders, and basically, we didn't think it would really be helpful at this time to just disappear for three months. So what we're going to do is over the next five years, we're going to have an extra few weeks holiday 
on sabbatical each year. So we're probably going to be have a, have a chance of three weeks each year for the next four or five years. So we've planned our first one. Um, and so that's more opportunities to speak in church and more opportunities for you to enjoy yourself when we're not here. <laughs> I'm telling you that because otherwise you're going to turn around and go, Mark and Shell are always on holiday. <laughs> How do they get so much holiday? Well, it's not. It's our sabbatical, but it's just spread over a number of years. Okay, we're just having normal holiday. So, yeah, so that's, all, that's I think, everything I wanted to cover on the kind of info. Um, I was sent a, a word, I can't remember if it was before Christmas or between Christmas and New Year, and I feel, I feel it, it's, it's the right word for, to release. So I, I just want to uh, ask June to come up and, and give us that word. I, I don't know whether it's Dennis's word or June's That's word. June. It's June's, is it? Does that mean if it all goes wrong, <laughs> nothing to do with you, Dennis? <laughs> so yeah, let, let's just have, let's just have this word and then um, just take a little bit of time to pray into it. Hi, everyone. Hi. <laughs> um, you see, I agree with all that uh, Cheryl was saying about uh, you know things. Praise God, we're in twenty twenty. Oh. Yeah. Praise God, we're in 2023. I don't know about you, but I think yeah. Cheryl said 2022 was very good, but not so good. <laughs> and so I, I just sense, you know, all that's going on here, that God is, is going to do something amongst us. You know, there's um, we've got problems and so on, but at the same time, there's a sense of excitement that something is going to happen. And um, I mean, all this uh, John Revere course and so on, I didn't. I knew nothing about that at the time, but um, on the 14th of December, um, in my quiet time, um, I, what I do sometimes when I get, I think I get a word from the Lord, I write it down. So um, I used to have struggles with that because I thought, Lord, I mustn't write it down. I've got to give it, you know, at the time. But the Lord has been gracious to me. So I, on the 14th of December. I just felt the need to write. Now, to begin with, I thought it was a journaling, but it wasn't. I believe it was a word for faith life for 2023. Um, and so I, I just read it out to you. Um, but I want to mention that while I was writing it out, I was crying. Um, and I didn't understand why I was crying. But the Lord showed to me afterwards that what he was sharing with me through to you was his heart of love for us. Um, you know, when somebody is saddened and so on, and uh, and that's what the Lord showed me, his heart. Do you know what I mean? When sometimes that you, you feel something, and you know it's not you, it's the Lord sharing his heart. Um, and so anyway, this is what I, I wrote down. Jesus is always in the ascendancy. Jesus is always in the ascendancy. All the time, greater, more powerful than anything the enemy flags up. We're glad about that, aren't we? Um, be encouraged, my child, my children. I have not forsaken you, my children. They, or you, are my treasure and delight. I seek for them to see what I have done for them and so long to do for them great and mighty things. Tell my people I am for them. 
not against them. Yeah. I am in control of those lives that are submitted to me, to those who put their trust in me once again. The things of the past have damaged my relationship and intimacy with my own blood-washed people, things which the enemy has flagged up to distance my children from me. They have thought that I have deserted them, but this could never happen, for they are my children, my precious and my treasure. Their hearts have grown cold towards me, but I have not grown cold towards them. For I am here for them. Please, please tell them not to follow me afar off, but come, come back, draw near to me. My heart is longing for fellowship and intimacy with my beloved children. Remind them that I love them very much and I have a storehouse of blessings and favour to share with those who will turn away from the things of this world and turn back to me. I am waiting, I am seeking and longing for their return before it is too late. The days are shortening as to my return, when all things will be judged. The time is now, the time is short, so tarry no longer, come. My arms are waiting to, em to embrace you once again. Amen. Amen. I think if I had put a title to this, I just think the Lord is saying, I want my church back. Yeah. Can you sense that? God wants his church back. And I think he was, he was, he was, his heart was weeping through me because I didn't understand why I was crying. But then afterwards, the Lord showed me. And so I believe all this that's, you know, taking us deeper and so on is all part of it. Uh, and as Mark said, we have to be committed to it. I don't know about you, but sometimes I struggle. I think, well, Lord, yes, but I'm all right. But we're not all right. We need to go deeper in our God, don't we? And, and the excitement is if we do these things, what's going to happen? God, God is going to do something beyond what we could ever ask or seek. Now, what I'm saying now is not part of that. This is June. But I still feel it is of the Holy Spirit. So may the Lord help us and, and just realize that uh, God's heart is for us not against us. Mm -hmm. By the way, if you wanted to, I've written it down. I don't know about you, but when you hear somebody give something, you think, oh, uh, what was that? So there's copies here if you want them, okay? Thank you, thank you. Yeah, thanks, Joe. I think... Um, Sorry. We'll send you a PDF out on the email. That was really reserved with me. I was also praying um, all through, you know, as I do every year, and um, I was meditating on, God took me, the Holy Spirit took me to Isaiah 40, and I, I was meditating on it, and I read the whole chapter, and so as I was saying, God, you know, for church, for your children this year, really, what, what do you have, you know, what's on your heart? And just like John was saying, and I, this just came back to me because I thought this was just for me, I wrote down three promises that he said. He said, your warfare has ended. Amen. And they said, your sins are forgiven, totally forgiven. And when I just mean sins, not just about the wrong that we've done, like all the things that are not right in your life. So this is when June is saying, he said he wants his church back. 
and that's just really struck me that I felt I need to share this. And the third one was said, I've received from the Lord's hand double for all the trouble that all the years have been. So I wrote one, one warfare has ended since I've forgiven. So you can just gently come back, freely come back, free, freely return to him. Whatever it is that has held you back is all totally gone. He doesn't remember it. So you're free to just come and be in his presence. Yeah. And, and then he said, you know, I've received from the Lord double honor for my sins. Yeah. So I wrote there the promise that you have suffered and you have labored and you feel that there has been no result from your, God, I'm getting emotional. This is what I felt as well. Said the, the, um, <clears throat> so the promises you have suffered and labored and you felt that there's been no real result for, to show for the labor. But now the Lord has taken all that away and given you double for all those trouble. Okay, this bit is Joyce. I put there, no longer will I walk like an elephant and eat like an ant. So it's my promise, you know, I translate my language into. <laughs> and said, I received from the Lord double for all my sins. The Lord is mighty and no one compares to him. Said, if I put so the way to the end of this, if I put the only requisite of me this time, I wrote, I wrote it down, said, if I put my trust in him, I will never grow weak. And I will make, I will mount on wing as eagle, which is like towards the end of um, Isaiah 40. I didn't feel what June is saying, everything about that word is really is for us. And you know, the beginning of the year, when I first started off just praying and fasting, and I just said, oh God, I'm here and everything. And one of the first things he gave me was, enjoy the little things this year. Enjoy the little things and then be available and open for the big things. So God has promised that he has forgiven us everything. We can come freely, it's a new year. The slate is white clay, we can come, you know, we can give his church back to him. And your, the warfare has ended. All the things that you've been through, all the things that you've done, Mark and Cheryl, the elders, the leaders of the church, you felt that they, you've not seen any results. He said this year you will receive the double for all that. So let's just receive that as a church and believe and give him his church back. And all he asks for us is to wait on him and trust him. Mm. Mark, can I share something very quickly? In a minute. Yeah, okay. Okay, here's what I want to do. Um, I want us to pray into the, that, that word from, from June and then you know, the, the things that Joyce has added to that. Um, about God wanting his church back, we, we really need to commit our lives to Jesus. You know, we, um, we were doing Truth Quest yesterday and uh, we were in Truth Quest to go through the foundations of faith and we were talking about baptism in water. And you might think, well, what's that got to do with it? But it's, it's about dying to self. Um, Jesus said, if you abide in me, my words abide in you, then you're truly my disciples. 
point being that if that's not the case, then you're not a disciple. See, Jesus didn't talk in terms of salvation, he talked in terms of being a disciple or not. Um, And so, it really is important at this time that we get closer to Jesus. And so, I want want us to pray into that word. So maybe if we could, uh, if you're comfortable doing this, kind of get in groups of three, four, five, whatever, and just, we'll just pray for about five minutes around that word. Is that okay? Just to let the Holy Spirit reinforce it in our hearts and and share with the Holy Spirit uh, our response to it. So, Leah, let's, let's pray. I just want to bring us back to something I said earlier about the word for 2023 because it's it strikes me it's the same as God wants his church back it says the year of reset back to Jesus and commitment to him mm-hmm. the year of reset back to Jesus and commitment to him I was going to talk about something this morning um, I was going to talk about something that is so important and I'm not going to do the preach. I'm going to finish at 12. So you can time me. <laughs> <laughs> You're wasting my time now, aren't you? <laughs> but this is this is what this is what will make a massive difference to you. And it's one word. It's consistency. Mm. Yes. Consistency will make a massive difference. Mm. You know, a lot of us don't have a lot of stability in our life because you attract what you are. And if you're inconsistent, you tend to gather inconsistent people around you. And so, despite whatever you, you, you yearn for, you end up with this ins- all this instability always seeming to come around your life. Mm. And, and the only way we can counter that is to put consistency back in. So, <clears throat> I would ask that you uh, really think about that in these, these 21 days that are coming up. Because faith <laughs> grows in a consistent life. Because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. We all know that one, don't we? But more to the point, or to the point as well, is that faith grows because we connect with Jesus more on a consistent basis. Faith grows because we're with our church family every Sunday. It's really important. You know, I I, want to be frank. Your kids aren't God. And, and it's broke our hearts the last few years to see people fall away from God because their kids do stuff on a Sunday morning and they think that that's more important. And you know, those kids aren't going to grow up knowing Jesus because we've never modelled to them the importance of being part of the church family and that that's important to us. You know, it's really important on a sunny day 
to go to church rather than do something else because it's Sunday days. Consistency grows faith. Mm. Hearing testimonies grows faith. Being in the presence of God grows faith. It's really important. And in doing that, we, we have to cope with these competing pressures that we, we find in life, all this business, all this stuff. And, you know, I, I'll expand on this, what, should I ever do this talk, but Paul nails it, doesn't he? He said, offer yourself as a living sacrifice. In other words, determine that you're going to do what God asks you to do and be consistent in doing it, even when it costs you. Even when you'd rather do something else. Even when all the kids' peers want you to do something else. And they come. This, we're talking eternity. And Paul says, don't be conformed to the pressures of this world. Don't be moulded into the image of everybody else. A lot of us in the body of Christ are taking the way we run our lives from the philosophy and practices of the world. You know, to get your relationships right, you've got to have the most important relationship in first place. To get your life right, you've got to have the source of life in the first place. To come through the difficult stuff, you've got to have the rock on which you stand in the first place. And so we, we have to put consistency in our lives. Not to be molded by the world and the pressures of the world and the pressures of our family and the pressures of everybody that we might try and please on social media which I won't be doing for 21 days and if we are parents we need to model that consistency in our homes to our kids And that's not easy, is it? Because kids have lots, even more things to fill their lives with than we have. But in this, you know, the words, the word consistency, when you look it up, it's, it's defined as this, steadiness, stability, reliability, And dependability. We want to be people that Jesus can depend on, don't we? Yeah. And that other people can depend on. And so to do that, we need to put some more consistency in. So I want to encourage you as we do these 21 days, you're going to, luckily for you, you will have me every morning at 7am or thereabouts, <laughs> either on Facebook or email or, or wherever. And I'm sure there'll be incredible words of wisdom when I write them. <laughs> um, but I want you to remember this, that we're resetting back to Jesus. This is, this is why we're doing this 21 days, to reset back to Jesus. Well, the video comes on, so I think there's no Amen.
That must qualify as my short speech. It's five past twelve, Mark. <laughs> There's always one. Father, we thank you. We praise you. We bless you. And Lord, we pray as we go into these 21 days of prayer and fasting that you will change us. That we will encounter you in a way we haven't encountered you before. Yeah. That you'll be more real to us at the end of these 21 days than you are now. And Lord, I pray that you will do a work in us so that we are reset back to you in a consistent, stable, reliable, dependable way. Amen. Amen. Amen.